Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on. Also, check out Off the Floor. That's our new Discord where you can interact with other Heat fans throughout the game, and you can interact with us at all times, just about. Check it out. It's here in the description on the podcast feeds and also on the YouTube channel and at the top of the Five Reasons Twitter page. And now, today's episode. Down uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor plan, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick and at Five Reasons Sports. And I've got Sean Rochester. You can follow him at S. Rochester NBA on Twitter X or whatever it is they call it these days. We come to you. After the Miami Heat win 142 to 132 against the Indiana Pacers, I heard Eric Reed say this is the second most points that the Heat have scored in a regulation game. Uh, that's somewhat surprising to me, but 142 points tonight. The Heat give up more than 70 in the first half. They give up 44 points and 10 assists to Tyrese Halliburton, who looks like an MVP candidate to me at the moment. 25 to Obi Toppin. And yet they storm back in the third and mostly the fourth quarter. Jimmy Butler with 36 points, 10 rebounds. And Jaime Hawkins, who we'll talk about a lot tonight, 24 points and five rebounds. And I'll start right here. And it has to be Jimmy for the game of the night, uh, simply because he settled things for them so much. And the game of the night is brought to you by Rock Esports Center. Make sure to check them out in Palmetto Bay. Mention five reasons. You get $5 off the all-day pass, which is usually $25. bucks. It's just 20 if you mention five reasons. Also, check out the watch parties. We're going to have more of them down there. They've got all kinds of games that you can play. This is a really, really, really cool place. We're going to do some, some live podcasts there after practices. Check them out. It's Rock Esports Center in Palmetto Bay. And again, I'm giving Jimmy the gamer of the night, even though I think we could have gone a couple of different directions here, Sean. And it's not just the 36 points, the 10 rebounds after sitting a couple games for the ankle, but he settled them down. I, I felt like even early in the game, 
they tried to play through him because they were trying to control pace as much as they possibly could. And they just couldn't control the Pacers on the other end. Uh, but in the second half, when they needed to, they got the ball to him. He made plays around the rim. And listen, he had only one three-point attempt tonight. I like that. <laughs> he had 17 two-point attempts, and he got to the line, what was it, 18 times I think he ended up with? Um, 18, 20 times he ended up with, and he missed, what, two, right? I believe two. He missed a couple uh, on one possession. What did you take from Jimmy's performance tonight? So to lean on what you just talked about with the free throws, obviously going into the game, you knew that the Pacers are this high power offense. They're going to go up and down the floor. We saw that in the first half. It was like a completely different basketball game than we're normally used to watching. The free throws in the third quarter on both sides, because they were going to the line too, it slowed the pace of the game down. Jimmy took over, and that's where the game started to shift. He made his imprint on the game by getting to the free throw line, by mismatch hunting, and then it just carried over because the Pacers never could really get into that fast pace. And at times in the fourth quarter, we ran with them, with Josh and Jaime and those guys. So it was really interesting to see kind of a tale of two halves, but I think free throws ultimately were the tale of the the, the game because I was looking at the free throw rate, which is free throws made per 100 field goal attempts. I only found five games since Jimmy's been here where they've had a higher free throw rate. Free throws made per 100 field goal attempts. So that's that's what won on the game. They got to the line, and it uh, it caused problems for Indiana. Well, and the other part of this is when Jimmy's getting to the line, it means his body is feeling good because those attacks take a lot out of him, and he doesn't do that as often when he's gimpy. And we saw that during the playoffs last year as the free throw attempts started to taper the deeper he got into the playoffs after tweaking his ankle. And so I think it was reasonable to have concern after what happened in New York. And then he misses in Brooklyn. He misses the last game when there was a thought that he possibly could play. And then in this one, it wasn't sure today that he was going to play. So the fact that he comes out, and is so hyper-aggressive, and I, I just get back to it. I love that he's not taking threes. I, I understand he's a better three-point shooter than he was before. It is just It becomes such a lazy habit at times, and then what happens is, we saw it in the Chicago game, the first Chicago game, was then he starts to lean on it late, and that's not where you want them to be. This team needs to be, and we'll get into more about pace in today's game because I think it's really interesting, and obviously we should mention it. I was holding it a little bit because we're going to get to the injury report later, but they didn't have Bam out of Iowa for the second half. Okay, so there was more on Jimmy. Tyler Hero is still not there, and they don't win this game without Jimmy tonight. And this is the kind of Jimmy that we wanted to see in Milwaukee, uh, wanted to see in Boston earlier this season where he can carry them for stretches. But here's the other part. Even without Tyler and Bam, he didn't have to tonight because when he was on the bench, they have someone who plays just like him who is doing a lot of the same things. But I I want to get back to pace here because I don't think most people thought that he could win a game at this pace. Um, this has not been the Heat's forte in recent years. Spolster is often telling them to play faster, but against a team like Indiana, that is dangerous. So we thought that maybe they might try to slow it down a little bit. And I mentioned with Jimmy and the free throw shooting, they tried to control a little bit, but there were 274 points scored in this game. The Heat shot 56.5% from the field, okay? And they won a game while the other team shot 51%, which was pretty low considering what they were doing earlier. And again, they gave up 
44 points to one guy and still won the game. I don't know that last year's team could have won a game at this pace, Sean. And I think that's one of the big differences here. It's not just depth. It's the type of depth. It's the wing depth that they have. It's the switchability that they have. Highsmith really couldn't stay with Halliburton tonight, only ended up playing 15 minutes. But they get 25 minutes for Martin and 14 points, five rebounds, three assists. They get 31 minutes from Josh Richardson, 19 points on eight of 11 shooting, four rebounds and three assists. They got nothing from the center position. They got a little from the point guard position. Kyle had five fouls, 15 points uh, on six of 10 shooting. But again, it's their wing depth, and we'll get to Hakez obviously in a moment, that makes this team different and allows them, I think, to play at this pace. Well, and you saw in the second half, they started with Thomas Bryant, which, okay, he wasn't he wasn't good, he wasn't bad, but they obviously went away from him. And there was that moment where they essentially went, and I know this is the buzzword, positionless with all of that wing depth on the floor at the same time, right? They didn't have a center on the floor. They had Kevin Love out, they had Thomas Bryant out, they had Orlando out, and they really did a good job of just spreading them out, passing and cutting, uh, attacking gaps. We know the Pacers weren't a good defensive team, but you know the advantage of Jaime, even when Jimmy's not on the floor, he can be that hub like Bam is for them too. He can play out of that same like 15-foot area, catch and square up. He can find cutters. He can do dribble handoffs. It's just amazing that it's, what, the 19th game of the season? He hasn't even played 20 NBA games left, and we're just relying on him, and he's like unfazed by it. You never see his emotion like seemed overwhelmed or anything like that. It's just... uh a really good continued growth that you're seeing game after game for Jaime. Yeah. And I want to get into that more because this was one of those games where you could see him working into it and he ends up 24 points, eight of 13 shooting five rebounds, 33 minutes again, second in minutes on the team. This is becoming a consistent thing. He's in the top three or four in minutes in every game. He plays the whole or almost the whole fourth quarter of every game, the cutting, Sean, like that's the thing like that requires such high basketball IQ. He is cutting at an elite level less than 20 games into his NBA career. And here's the thing about it. They're expecting it. You watch the other guys on the floor with him. They know the cut is coming from him. I'm watching Josh, who, as we talk about, Josh's strength sometimes is not seeing the whole floor, right? There was, as well as Josh has played the past couple of weeks, there was some stuff late in the game today where you're like, okay, wait a second. This is why you worry about him in those situations. But there were three different instances where he found Hawkins. And one of them is going to end up being our play of the game. But two of them were just on elite, elite cuts. And... Hawkins did so much of this with Jimmy on the bench early in the fourth quarter, eight point flurry at the beginning of the fourth quarter to keep my get Miami ahead and keep Miami ahead. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And I want to get to the play of the night tonight because there are a lot of options for this. But we do want to mention our friend Lynette was on playback with us tonight. Make sure you check that out. 
for car insurance, renter's insurance, homeowner's insurance, life insurance, go to insurancebylanette.com, insurancebylanette.com. That is your correct play if you need insurance. Uh, to me, the play of the night has to be the one we put on the Five Reasons Twitter feed, which was Josh finding Hakez high in the air <laughs> for a transition dunk. And the reason I'm saying that is they had pulled ahead a little bit and that ignited the crowd. And there is a thing going on with Jaime right now that reminds me of Tyler as a rookie, where the crowd reacts differently to him than to everybody else. No, I agree 100%. That that dunk was incredible. Um, the the idea for uh, Jay Rich to throw that ball in the first place, but then Jaime to go up and get it and finish it is just incredible. And I, I think... The connection on that play, we haven't even really talked about Josh, but Josh was great tonight, and he's continuing to show more and more growth game after game. Duncan, same thing, 16 points, four threes. I thought Kyle was good early on until he got in foul trouble. Kevin Love, six assists. Caleb Martin, 14 points. I mean, those guys really stepped up. You got, I think, 64 points out of Duncan, Josh, Caleb, and um, and uh, who am I forgetting? Jay Rich. Like that's that's incredible for those four to give you that production. If you didn't get it, you're not winning that game. And you mentioned those four. No Bam, no Tyler. And I just want to get your thoughts on this because they play this team again in two nights. I don't think that Tyler is going to play in that one either. It doesn't seem like he's that close at this stage. I don't know where Bam's going to be. We'll get into that more in a second. But they are playing so well right now with this these particular lineups. And I, I know they're coming off a three-game losing streak, but Greg and I even said in the last pod, we liked things we were seeing even during the losing streak. The Brooklyn game I toss out because of everybody who was out and where it stood at the end of that 9 and 10 on the road. But like you throw out a lineup tonight where you're throwing out four wings and Jimmy. Or, or excuse me. Four, well, at one point it was it was, uh, it was – it was four wings and Duncan, <laughs> I think, right? Where you have Duncan spacing. And I know we're going to do more of this in about four or five days when Tyler's getting ready to come back. But how does this look with Tyler in your view? If he's in the Duncan role in those lineups. I think if you look at the sample size since Jimmy's been here, the best teams, the pieces have changed, but the best teams were when the offense had a ton of ball movement and a ton of player movement. And I, I don't think there's any one person that is a ball stopper. There are times when certain players stop the ball and it's got to get moving more, but I think Tyler has to assimilate in there. We know what he can do. He's a great scorer. He's a great creator, but it can't be that Helios, like he's the guy. It can't be Jimmy's the guy. It's got to be movement because that's how you're going to get those role players at their best. And, and I think he's a smart enough basketball player. He understands and Spo understands that you have to get those pieces to fit like that if you're going to have success on the offensive end. Because we're seeing in addition to that, in addition to how well the wings are playing now when Duncan's spacing, we're also seeing how well the wings are playing off of each other. And that's been another trend that I think has been really positive where now that Caleb trusts his body more, he's giving you the athleticism at the wing position. Okay. Josh getting to that midi and defending at the top. That's sort of what he brings. 
Hakez is just a ball of fire at this point. Like essentially you can put Jaime in any situation and he's going to figure out a way to make a play. That's just where he's at. I mean, I, this idea that came out and I forgot who post wrote about this, that he wouldn't be a 20 point scorer in the NBA. Why? Like I, like I, and, and I've been saying the organization two weeks ago. Okay. Before this blow up, but you could see this blow up coming. And I keep saying on every podcast, what he is going to do in a week is going to make what happened now seem like nothing. This is the trajectory. This is what we saw with, and again, difficult comparison to make here because he's not this guy, but with Dwayne. When you watch Dwayne as a rookie, it was like, okay, wow, that's pretty good that he can do this as a rookie. And then a week later, you're like, oh, there's more. And then a week later, there's more. And now tonight, there's 24 off the bench in 33 minutes. And then there's going to be a 30-point game. And that doesn't mean it's going to happen every night, but we're seeing that. And then we add to that, you know, what what they're, you know, you, you, what you're getting from those three wings and then what you typically can get from Highsmith, which is more of a defensive. I, I thought actually this was the most Haywood's ever struggled defensively this year. Just Halliburton is amazing, honestly. And I thought Highsmith on the perimeter was having trouble kind of getting the angle on him because you want to crowd him because he's a great shooter. And we, we saw we saw him, him make a couple shots from 28, 30 feet. There was that one sequence. He just completely took over the game. And then you started to see Caleb took the wrong angle on him because he crowded him. Highsmith took the wrong angle on him. You can, There's almost nothing you can do with that guy right now. He's a top five MVP guy, in my opinion, at this stage. But I, I think as we, we look forward here, when you have Tyler, they're going to have to find lineups where they need his scoring. Because so some of these wing lineups are able to sort of find scoring with the cutting, with with the you know getting to the mid range, but where I think Tyler is going to be effective is when when you have him out there with lineups that may be more challenged in that way, and then you put the ball in his hands and you give him segments of the game without having to rely on him, and and I think that's. The biggest difference that we're going to see when he comes back, you're right. He has to assimilate to a certain degree. He's not going to come back averaging 25, five and five right away. I don't think there's going to be some rust, but I also don't think they need him to in the way that they did earlier in the season where we didn't know how aggressive Bam was going to be night tonight. Caleb was not available. Josh was not effective. Hawkins was not what he is right now. And Jimmy was kind of working his way into the season. All those things have changed. So Tyler is kind of rejoining like a speeding train at this point. And so I I do think they're going to have to isolate some lineups and stagger some things for him. Let me add one more thing that's changed is Jaime has shown that he can be that initiator of the offense, not just rebound and go that Bam can do that. Jimmy does that, but he can be your true point guard that's initiating the offense at times. He's not Kyle Lowry. Don't get me wrong. He's not a natural point guard, but that allows, if you put him on the floor with Tyler, Tyler can play off the ball, which to me is more of his natural role than being on the ball. And now you can go with that too. So that scheme part of it has changed too, because if you can trust Jaime to bring the ball up and initiate offense, now you're putting Tyler in what I think is his best spot. That's going to only help him. It's going to help everybody else in the Heat's offense. I'm glad you mentioned that because – this future for the Heat looks like Bam, Tyler, and, and Jaime. And it starts immediately. And Tyler's only a year older than Jaime. And I'm really curious to see what the two of them look like together. That's something that we'll dive into more. Because now that Jaime has elevated the role, you're right. They can play off of each other. They didn't have a true point guard at the end of this game. I didn't think Kyle played badly tonight. It was just more of the of the fouls. But 
they did close without a natural point guard and they don't have another one on the roster because it's not Josh. And I'll say this too. You're right. They're having Jaime initiate when Josh is out there. So, you know, in a sense, if we want to call the position, the position, which I know we, we can have a long debate about that. Jaime has kind of become the backup point guard in a lot of different ways, running a lot of these sets at the top. And we saw it in the last preseason game at home where he drove to the basket and Orlando Robinson finished. That was kind of the first time that they put the ball in Jaime's hands late and everything with Spo is for later. And I I felt like at that point it was, okay, we're going to get to that at some point of the season. I didn't think we'd be getting to it consistently here between like games 12 and 16, but Again, that's where we're at. All right, I do want to get to the injury report here today. Our friend Eric Rubenstein, you can find him at ericrubenstein.com. He's the personal injury attorney that you want to go to. Raised in South Florida, went to St. Thomas. Huge Miami Heat fan. You can find him at Ask About Me. I got you on Instagram, and he will get you the money that you deserve when something happens to you. So check him out at ericrubenstein.com. All right, the big story tonight, other than Tyler being out, which we expected, Highsmith and Butler return. Uh, Jimmy obviously looked fine tonight was bam. Now this is the third time there's been an issue with a hip that has kept him out of all or at least half of a game so far. Um, we'll get more of a report on it as we go forward. Eric Spolscher is speaking to the media uh, at this moment. Brady and Alex are down there, so make sure you check out their Twitter feeds because they'll have all that stuff. Brady Hawk 305 and also Tropical Blanket. But uh, it's a bit of a concern at this point because he's first heard it about a month ago and it's still an issue. And, you know, you mentioned Thomas Bryant starting the second half. He gave Orlando Robinson minutes tonight. I thought his minutes were better than Thomas Bryant's, which seems to be a consistent thing when he gets a chance to play. Uh, He also used Kevin Love at the five. At other times, it looked like he didn't want to use anybody at the five. Um, I guess if Bam is going to miss time for this, how do they handle this? Because I I don't think Thomas Bryant can start games at center at this point. Yeah, I would think it's Thomas Bryant or Orlando because usually he likes to keep like keep Kevin Love in his role right now. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to Kevin Love starting because I think he's playing pretty well and giving you stuff. Uh, it's I think the problem that it creates is is defensively, what do you do? Because Bam does so much there, and obviously it's going to impact your offense too. Hopefully it's not a long time. Obviously the hips can be concerning. Um Man, that's that's it's just a tough. You almost have to do it game by game and try to match up that way, but I don't know if that's realistic either. Yeah, we'll get more of a report on it tomorrow. I would anticipate that they are going to practice because they took uh, the day off between these two games. So uh, typically, that's a practice slot for for Spolstra on Friday. So we'll get more of a report on it. I don't think that you can play Thomas Bryant more than 12 to 15 minutes. Um, It's a diminishing returns situation at this point. They knew what they were getting. It is not, you know, a surprise. I mean, there's a, you know, Thomas Bryant has some offensive skill and he's young and they feel that there can be some development there, but he's also been played off of teams because of the defensive issues. And, as many good defenders as this team might have, although it didn't seem like it in the first half when they were giving up 70-plus and the baseline was open <laughs> all night long, um, you can't cover for him defensively that long. I, I honestly believe that they should pivot at this point to Orlando Robinson more in that role because although he has limitations athletically, I, I just – there's – I don't know. He has softer hands than Bryant. I feel like he finishes better than Bryant. Um, and they were, I mean, when he played 
last year and he's better now when he played last year, they were, they were kind of neutral. Like they weren't awful. He kind of stabilized things. After, he doesn't do a lot of dumb things. I, and I, I just, to me, he's more reliable at this point. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think he's very good in the zone. He seemed to get lost quite a bit um, tonight when they were in zone for the few times. Um, but I, I would agree with that. I think that he, and he gives you more of a return long-term, right? If he can play well, now maybe you can flip Thomas Robinson out of there for whatever, a second or a different position at the trade deadline if you don't feel like you need him. The other thing, and I can't believe I'm the person that's going to say this, if there's ever a time to play the kid, it's in a mm-hmm. game like this where it's a wide-open, fast-paced, you could play him maybe not against a Miles Turner, but against like Isaiah Jackson. Is he really going to hurt him that much? So shout-out to everybody who hates me because I make fun of Jovic a little bit, but this, this could be the time if you don't have Bam to give him a couple minutes to sprinkle him in there. I was somewhat surprised that he didn't try that in the second half, although I guess at this point I shouldn't be. And this gets back to the whole point with Jovic, which we discussed on a podcast. He doesn't want to play the position that is his quickest route to playing. And, you know, you look at tonight, this was a situation where maybe like Miles Turner is a good player, obviously. um, But this was such an unconventional game that there was space on the floor. And I feel like on the offensive end, that helps him on the defensive end. It's a little bit more challenging with more space for him. But um, the fact that he didn't go to him, went to Bryant again, particularly as bad as Bryant was in Brooklyn that, and he yanked him. He, he, he did the Dexter Pittman yank on, mm-hmm. on, uh, on Bryant up there. It does make you wonder if there's really any opportunity for Jovich to play unless love is out. I, I feel like it's, it's it, it, when love is out, then I feel like they'll want some of that playmaking, from the front court and that they'll give Jovich an opportunity in certain games. But I, I don't, in a game like this where Kevin's playing, he's always going to lean on Kevin. And, and I understand that because he knows where Kevin knows where he's supposed to be. That That's the thing. And, and with Spo, that like comes before everything else. You know, who the real MVP is going to be on Saturday night. It's going to be the South beach flu because on a Friday off day, going into a Saturday game before yep. you head back to Indiana where it's freezing cold, there is no doubt in my mind the South Beach flu is going to be strong. So guarantee that that's going to happen. Rick Carlisle should have like an 8 a.m. shoot around on Saturday morning, but I don't know what he's doing. All right, for Sean, I'll follow him at S. Rochester NBA. Greg, uh, Alex, Brady will be back here on the podcast uh, over the weekend. Also check out Sean on uh, which one are oh, you on? You're on floors. Yours, right? We got floors. Yours. We got floor crew. We put them here on the podcast feed as well. Thanks to our sponsors. Rock eSports Center will be back there soon for a watch party. A aggressive insurance, which you can find at insurancebylanet.com and ericrubenstein.com for all your personal injury attorney needs. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five reason sports network. After all, Someone needs to listen to my dad. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.